because the ground has dried out comprehensively because of those Friday night winds after last week's rains. 70 falls into the 60s here this evening. Enjoy the outdoors. Sun going down about 6.30. First thing tomorrow, we're going to change the overnight the overcast, and now the wind's backed around to the north. So we're staying in the 40s much of the day tomorrow, even when the sun comes out at the end of the day. Top of the hour, a 20% humidity and temperatures in the mid-70s almost gusty west to southwest breezes. Enhanced risk of spreading breast fire because of as of 6 o'clock in Ohio and Kentucky and as of 5 o'clock in West Virginia, it is legal to be burning vegetation, never trash, right? Here are the clear skies on satellite imagery, and here are the showers of rain and snow on the Great Lakes, especially Lake Erie and the southern end of Lake Michigan. But these showers to our north, and as they do, the fog will sweep through late tonight, and that will introduce the chilly air that we're forecasting for tomorrow. Now let's head out west, thousands of miles out over the Pacific Ocean, still another atmospheric river heading into California with more feed of snow expected in a pattern like this. Eventually this river will send a shot of moisture our way in two, two phases. The first one on Friday, and then we'll get a second one on Sunday. And I'm just wondering if maybe there may be a sneak attack snowfall in our future as we get into the next couple of weeks. That would be typical for the middle of March. Right, here we are tomorrow morning. A few rain showers up in the mountains could turn to a little less snow. Basically, it's inconsequential for our area here in the Ohio Big Sandy and Canal Valley. Maybe a sprinkle, maybe not. Here are the rain-free conditions on Wednesday into Thursday. So good travel weather expected heading into, for example, for the state basketball tournaments across our three-state area. Then by Friday, we have some rain showers coming in. Cincinnati north to Columbus could actually have a little wet snow or sleet. Here's our rain on Friday evening in time for night number one of the Home and Garden Show. Saturday, we will start to brighten the sky up as snow showers And then by Sunday, a nice wave from that atmospheric river will be coming into our area from the west coast, and we'll bring rain and maybe some snow across our area. And again, in a season like we've been through, you got to wonder if Mother Nature wants to send a curveball at us at some point and give us a wet snowfall. Trends over the, new, the next two weeks, the supercomputer say we are colder than normal and now chilly air heading down towards spring break and towards spring training finally in Florida and meanwhile the snows yes in the Rocky Mountains Sierra Nevada and up to the Cascades one and a half to two feet and we'll see how close a three to six inch snowfall gets to our area probably staying north of the Mason-Dixon line that will be up in Pennsylvania at least for the next week. A pleasant evening with a gusty breeze, temperatures in the 60s. Overnight we fall into the 40s as we cloud up. Nothing more than a passing sprinkle. A gray morning and partly cloudy in the afternoon on your Tuesday at 52 degrees. Some freezing temperatures tomorrow night. Maybe a little nip on the magnolia trees as we fall into the 20s. Low, upper 40s and low 50s in the forecast through Friday. Friday's a rain day. Saturday dries out. Sunday is a rain day with what's known pretty close by up into the West Virginia mountains. So just wondering if is there going to be a sneak attack from snow mm. before this month's out? Legend says it will happen.
I mean, it can, uh, definitely. Yeah. I've been up there in yeah. April and seen some. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a record time. <laughs> okay, thanks, Tony. And we're going to try, try, uh, we got another weather report, and And we got another one, and uh, we're waiting. The Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic responds to snoring automatically, so no hiding under your pillow or opting for the couch. Your best sleep. All night, every night. Experience the mattress rank number one in customer satisfaction by J.D. Power, four years in a row. But it is real. So a newspaper reporter digs up dirt on a former Las Vegas politician and ends up dead. This is scary. Yeah. And again, like you said, it is true. Now, thankfully, that politician is in jail, accused of murdering the reporter. And there have been all kinds of bizarre twists in this case. Absolutely. We're going to break it down for you. Uh, we're going to go live to Joe V. Hill in Las Vegas. But first, uh, Joe has the stunning details on how this all unfolded last September. Well, police say this is video of Clark County Public Administrator Robert Tellis walking to what soon would turn into a homicide. It is a casual walk even after the homicide. Police said Tellis approached the home of Las Vegas Review Journal investigative reporter Jeff Gehrman who then came outside where the two got into an altercation around 11:18 Friday morning. At that time, our victim was stabbed multiple times. It is troublesome because it is a journalist and, and we expect journalism to be open and transparent and a watchdog for government. And when people take it upon themselves to create harm associated with that profession, I think it's very important that we put all eyes on and address the case appropriately. Right away, detectives wanted to know, did Garman's investigative reporting upset anyone? One in particular that we identified early on was Robert Tellis as a person of interest because Tellis, had, Tellis was upset about articles that were being written by Garman as an investigative journalist that exposed potential wrongdoing, and Tellis had publicly expressed his, uh, his issues with that reporting. Detectives say video evidence shows Tellis leaving his home Friday morning around 9 in this maroon SUV, which they put out to the public. They say the SUV was seen driving in Gehrman's neighborhood and leaving that scene after the 11:18 a.m. killing. They say he arrived back home around noon. Matched our timeline. Police say they recovered shoes Tellus was wearing with apparent blood on them and cut up in an attempt to destroy evidence. Same thing with the straw hat they say Tellus was wearing. It was also cut in, uh, in a manner that was likely to destroy the evidence. Let's go ahead and bring in Joe Vigil with this from KDDU TV in Las Vegas. He has covered this story from the start. Joe, this is incredible. Tell us more about the investigative reporter who was killed and that relationship with the suspect, uh, Robert Tellis. Right, so you have 69-year-old Jeff Gehrman, a longtime reporter here in Las Vegas, uh, working at the Las Vegas Review Journal. So he uh, covered crime, he covered courts, uh, so many issues, very uh, well-respected journalist in town. 
And then you have 46-year-old Robert Tellis. He is a former public administrator, and his office dealt with the estates of people who died. Now, Tellis uh, did not, uh, was not shy about saying that he was uh, not pleased with all the reporting from Gehrman. Um, very open about it on social media, talked about it on Twitter. And then he actually um, talked about this a lot on his reelection uh, website. And he did a lot of explaining. He, again, denied these allegations, first of all. There were allegations of bullying in the office. There were allegations of a hostile work environment. There were allegations of favoritism, uh, favoritism in the office. And again, he denies all of that. And, and he goes and he explains things. He explains, you know, he's not happy with this uh, and talked about it a lot. So again, he was not shy about doing this. Um, and he maintains uh, that he did not kill Jeff Gehrman, by the way, guys. Well, Joe, how did police start connecting the dots to Tellus as a suspect? Well, a lot of the information that I've seen and reported on comes from a police report. So first of all, there were no witnesses uh, in this case. Nobody saw anything. So of course, the first thing police started doing was going around looking for home surveillance video, and they found it, and you saw that in the story. And I can talk about that just a little bit more. So the person, again, that you see in the video, according to police, is Robert Tellis, and, and they say that he casually walked up to the home. He walked through a gate on the west side of the house, and then at some point, Gehrman came out of his uh, garage door and then he's going to the other side of the house and uh, there's some kind of scuffle and apparently you see Jeff Gehrman uh, fall on the ground. He doesn't get up um, and then the police report says a little while later uh, tell us again alleged tell us by police uh, leaves uh, for a moment and apparently is seen coming back into the scene and looking for something looking for something on the ground and then takes off and 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 that's kind of uh where police were at. I mean, they had no idea who did this. But then what they did is they put some of that video out uh, to the media, of course, and right away they started to get anonymous phone calls from people saying, hey, uh, Jeff Gehrman uh, wrote some stories about Robert Tallis, and Tallis just was not happy with those uh, articles. And, and that's where they really started to hone in on Robert Tallis. It really just uh, highlights the dangers that journalists face, and he was doing some important work there. Thank you so much, uh, Joe V. Hill with KVVU TV. Sure. You're watching Local News Live. We'll be right back. All right, now we're back, and uh, and. Uh, We'll be right back after this message, and that's all we got, and, and, and we're going to go. Is that a teacher, Miss Anderson? That must be Mr. Pottles. City invests in affordable housing, so teachers can be a bigger part of the communities they serve. Okay. Now we're back. And...
we'll be 